0: Texas has wrapped up the football spring with the annual orange and white game, and the Texas Longhorn golf team has clinched the number one seed in the nation heading to the Big 12 Championship. This is Off the Bench Podcast with Luke Hendry and Robert Larkin. Welcome to Off the Bench Podcast. I'm Luke Hendry alongside Robert, and there's no doubt that this weekend proved to be a big weekend for the Texas Longhorn football team. Head coach Charlie Strong, alongside offensive coordinator new to the program this year, Sterling Gilbert, held their annual orange and white game for the spring. And uh, even though it was cut to only a half due to some rain in the area, take us through some of the highlights. And we all know that Shane Bouchelle really made a stamp on potentially being the starting quarterback.
1: Yeah, Luke, uh, obviously going to the game, the big news and the, everything uh, people were looking for was going to be the offense and see – uh, how they're going to perform in their first live environment in front of fans. And the beginning of the game was a little slow with a couple three-and-outs, but, I mean, Shane Buchel really took over the starting spot, and I think that's a very, very promising side for the Longhorns. So I think this is the first time Longhorn fans have, in the last, since Cole McCoy left, where they have felt kind of confident and know where this position is heading. Uh, Shane Buchel kind of came out and prove something we haven't seen a Longhorns quarterback in a long time, which is composure and the ability to run an offense and the accuracy that's needed to make good Division one throws. And there's going to be some limitations with starting a freshman quarterback. He's going to have some ups and downs. But for the sake of the future of the program, you have to start Shane Buchel. Uh Bichel had a great uh, orange and white game. He threw for not- 299 yards and two touchdowns and more importantly, no interceptions against ones and twos on defense. And I think that's a very, very important stat as the long courts gave the ball away. A lot of times last season, it was a really alarming rate uh, under Jay Norvell. And I think what Shane Buchel did that was the most impressive was that he held onto the ball and he made the throws that Sterling Gilbert's offense requires him to make, which is the long ball down the sideline, short screen routes, uh, slant routes that... Tyron Swoops really had a hard time making throughout the game, and Tyron's the kind of kid that you want him to succeed. He's a really good kid. There's been no um, – there's nothing he's done wrong, but at some point he's never at the University of Texas. There's never been a moment except maybe a small times in the Texas-Oklahoma game in 2013 where I have said or many other fans have said, this guy is the future. And I think you need to look on. Gerard Hurd had a great year last year, but we all know his limitations at quarterback. So, I mean, it just feels like Shane Bushell should be the guy for the Texas Long
0: Yeah, definitely Bouchelle made made a statement this week. In fact, it was highlighted by a 65-yard touchdown pass to rising sophomore John Burt. But beyond the quarterback position, obviously Sterling Gilbert's offense that he had at Tulsa kind of revolves around that, that position. But... Texas is bringing two running backs that I think are some of the strongest and most independently successful running backs in the league, or technically in college football, and that's Dante Foreman and Chris Warren III. Chris Warren III is coming off a late charge there at the end of the season, and Dante's been great at Texas his whole career. But what does the Longhorns need to do to make sure that they utilize that dual threat package at the running back position, even though they're going to be running the Sterling Gilbert kind of pistol format offense.
1: Yeah, the offense is going to have a heavy reliance on the quarterback position and making big throws, but it has even a heavier reliance on the run game. And there's going to be times where you get two-yard gains and three-yard gains, but that's when uh, the big ones starts to come, the big runs going to start to come. And with these guys, Deontay Foreman and Chris Warren, That's where they're going to shine the most on the offense because these guys, not only are they fast, but they're very, very big backs. Chris Warren is almost up in the 260 ranges, and his 260 range, excuse me, and Foreman's in the 230, 220 range. So both guys are big, and they're both very fast, and I mean, Foreman proved that when he rumbled for 73 yards and a touchdown, 9 carries, and then Chris Warren had a 51-yard touchdown, which he had a nice stiff arm on John Bonney in the uh, secondary, and he finished with 101 yards. What's most impressive is these guys keep their legs turning, and these are the type of backs that you'll see in the fourth quarter, and you're going to say, wow. These are are two of the most talented backs Texas has had since I'd say Jamal Charles, and that's kind of surprising when you think about Deontay because he's such a not who's low, not a very well thought after recruit, and Chris Warren's more of a blue trip recruit. But these guys certainly weren't by any means five star studs. But these guys have the motor and the engine that Charlie Strong is looking for, and more importantly, Gilbert, Sterling Gilbert's looking for. And I think these are the guys that you have to feature prominently in this offense. For example, I mean Chris Warren is a great back, but it's something to be said because Deontay Warren's by far the best player on this football team this year. And I expect the stats and the carries this season to reflect that. They'll split it pretty evenly, but I would give the edge to Foreman sixty forty over the course of the year.
0: I'm certainly excited to see what these running backs can do. But on the defensive side of the ball, Malik Jefferson, rising sophomore, and and in my opinion, the best player for the team for the Horns last year. But also, you know, Chris Boyd at the at the cornerback position. You look at Brecken Hager, another linebacker, what are some of the standout defensive players that that are going to play a versatile role because last year some teams put some points up on the Horns, and that's something that they're going to have to limit with kind of a new up-and-coming offense.
1: I think the uh, biggest impact player from Saturday who made the uh, biggest plays was Charles Amenahu, who played outstanding, and he was a force at the pass rushing position for the Horns, a strong defensive end. He had two sacks, was constantly on the quarterback's tail, which I thought was a big surprise, but also very strong because Texas has severe uh, depth issues at the defensive line position. So that was a big, big key the Long Courts took away from Saturday. In addition, the defensive backfield has the makings to be an all-conference squad. Not Maybe not this year, but the next year. Holton Hill played well, I thought, got burned a couple times, but I think that was more of a fact of how well Armani, Armani Foreman played. Uh, a guy who deserves a shout-out for coming back after two rough seasons on the 40 Acres. But, uh, I mean, John Bonney played well. Devontae Davis also had some shining moments. I mean, I think this defensive backfield was set, but what I'm thinking I saw was also an impressive player was Anthony Wheeler. Had a great uh, couple stops. Malik Jefferson didn't play that much in some spring game. You don't want your best player on defense to be injured. But I think the most important thing we need to take away from this game is that this defense is going to be a lot better in 2016. I believe that firmly. I firm believer in that. But the biggest question mark here remains the defensive line, especially on the interior. I mean, the twos on the uh, defensive side were two walk-ons at defensive tackles, and I think that's a big issue for the Horns. So you're going to be relying on five, six the defensive tackles next year who are freshmen, and that's a big, big problem when you're going against the likes of Baylor. Uh, TCU and Oklahoma, guys who are the heavyweights in the Big 12. So I sit here and I'm thinking, yes, the linebacking position is going to be probably very good for the Horns next year. You have Wheeler and Jefferson and maybe some other guys who will step up. And the defensive backfield's great. But defensive line, Luke, is just an absolute question mark. And I'm less worried. I think this is kind of funny because where we were a month ago, I think I'm more worried about the defensive line position than I am the quarterback position right now, and that's kind of a scary thought to me and maybe to you.
0: Yeah, well, I'm sure every, every fan of the Texas Longhorns is anxious to get to the 2016 season, especially after two lackluster seasons under the direction of Charlie Strong. They will kick their season off right here in Austin at DKR Memorial Stadium on September 4th. That'll be a Sunday against the Notre Dame Irish. Taking the, uh, a switch here, we're going to talk a little bit of golf, but you cannot ignore this Longhorn golf team. Number one in the nation, coming fresh off of winning the Maxwell Invitational this past weekend, two of the best golfers in the nation in NCAA golf, you look at Gavin Hall and Bo Hostler. Take me through what your thoughts are just as a, not even an avid fan of this golf program, but... Talk, talk about some success that, that a lot of the school doesn't necessarily see. This Longhorn golf team is, is quite good this season.
1: I would say I'm like most of the student population here at UT. I don't know much about the golf team. I don't follow the stats that much, but they're making headway, and I see the headlines constantly on sites on Texas Sports and the Daily Texan, so I know that they're performing well. And what you mentioned, I think Bo Hosler has every right to win the Ben Hogan Award later this spring. The kid can flat-out play golf. He's probably the best golfer we've seen here since Jordan Spieth. And I know there are some concerns at the beginning of his college career because he wasn't performing up to his U.S. Open as an amateur performance in Cal at Olympia. But uh, I think it's very nice to see that the Longhorns, which have a storied program here at UT uh, for golf, are finally rising to the occasion. And, uh, Luke, I think what people would want to hear from you is – what you see, how they've played recently, and what do they need to do to not only clinch the Big 12 championship, but maybe make a run at the NCAA championship? I want to hear your thoughts on that.
0: Exactly, yeah. So, I mean, Bo Hostler, just to mention a little bit more about the success he's had, he's the number one NCAA golfer currently. He's had a 69.5 stroke average throughout this season and five tournament wins on the collegiate tour. So, You take some of the best players and you look at Gavin Hall, Bo Hostler, Scotty Scheffler for the Longhorns, and, and what they're going to need to do is just play like they have all season. In fact, in the Maxwell Invitational that they played in last weekend, Oklahoma was there, Baylor was there, two of the bigger competitors, Oklahoma State, three of the biggest competitors they have in the Big 12 Championship, which they will be competing in this following weekend, and... That's what they're going to have to ride on. They're going to most likely, if they play their game at Whispering Pines in Trinity, Texas, take away the Big 12 Conference Championship, and they haven't done that in the last few years. So they got to have to ride that tournament experience, that tournament momentum into the NCAA regionals and just continue to play like they have. There's no added pressure Being the number one team, obviously there's going to be a spot on their back, but I think they just got to ride the momentum, play like they've been playing, and once they get to the natties, make it into match play, and then take one match at a time. Their biggest competition this year are definitely Illinois and Stanford. If they can reach those in the semifinals or finals, they just got to play their game because they are arguably definitely the, the best team in the nation. So we look forward to that. I'll actually have the opportunity to go to the Big 12 Championship in two weeks, and it'll be interesting to see how they play um, on that setting and on a bigger stage than the rest of the tournaments. But until then, we say so long from Off the Bench Podcast. We'll talk to you next week.